welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family, welcome to our Sunday morning experience. Again, so excited to see you. Although we're not in person, we're online. I see your digital self and I miss you. And I want to welcome all of our extended family, those that are watching with us for the first time. Welcome, welcome. Maybe you're watching it after the fact. Welcome. We hope and pray that you would have life transformation as a result of joining us week in and week out. One of the things I love about this last season is that we've been able to do things a little bit different. And as you know, we launched a new series a few weeks ago called Let's Go Back a Bit. We've been talking about the fact that, yes, every Sunday message ultimately is prophetic, ultimately declares the heart and mind of God for our season, but there are certain messages, there are certain words that God has spoken to us as a community, as a house over the last season that we want to go back and kind of dive into again to make sure that we are following up, we're keeping accountable to those things, as well as we're positioning our lives to see these words come to pass. And so we've been hearing great feedback uh, from many of you as a result of these, what we call duets or these react videos where I'm reacting to an already existing word that was shared within the last season that I know uh, was super powerful and carries lots of spiritual weight. And so we're doing that again today. And our sort of our premise scripturally is that a James chapter five, James chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Elijah, for instance, human like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't, not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. And this is in reference to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, where Elijah the prophet prophesied that it would not rain and that there would be a famine of sorts, a drought of sorts. And then about three and a half years later in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 to 45, uh, the same prophet Elijah then prophesied to King Ahab and said, get your chariots ready for I hear the sound of rain coming. And so get ready. So then he prophesied that it would rain again and that the drought would be over but then what he did was he went up to a place and he began to pray put his hands or his head between his legs became kind of prostrate and began to pray that his word would come to pass and every you know every so often he would tell his servant go look go look look again look again look again look for the evidence of the very thing that I prophesied about and now that I'm praying through look for the evidence and by the seventh time the uh, the um, the servant of Elijah came back and said, I see the cloud, a cloud the size of a man's hand. It was the beginning signs of what he prophesied, that the drought would be over. So he, I mean, even Elijah followed up with his words 
by being accountable to them, believing and expecting that the words would come to pass. And then he positioned himself in prayer and physically positioned himself in prayer and to see this word come to pass. And I believe it's a word for us in this season. We have to go back sometimes to go forward. We have to go back a bit so we can launch out. We have to be pulled back like you pull back an arrow to be sent forth. It's that way with the words that God speaks to us, not just the rhema, the now communication words from God, but also what's written in scripture. There are things that have been promised to us in scripture. And if we don't follow up, if we're not reminded of them, if we don't stay accountable to them by believing and expecting, and then pray and position ourselves to see those things happen, let me tell you, it probably won't happen. We have a responsibility on our lives spiritually to see these things take place. And so we're continuing this series today called Let's Go Back a Bit. And we're going to be diving into a message, a message called Quarantined for Revival, Wombs and Tombs. Quarantine for Revival, Wombs and Tombs. And this message was actually on April 12th, Easter Sunday, okay? It was the first Easter probably ever in history where everybody had to stay home and could not gather because of a global pandemic. And so we're gonna dive into this message. So I'm excited, I hope you're excited. And we're gonna do some live on the cuff, on the fly commentary. Once again, I have not pre-watched this. And so I'm gonna do some live on the cuff commentary. So let's dive into this, get your notepads out and get ready. I believe God's gonna really speak to you. It's what nobody sees in life that actually paves the way for what everybody sees. And I just believe that in this season of quarantine, there are things that are happening in your heart and are going to happen in your heart that when you come out of isolation, you come out of quarantine, that I believe God is going to do an amazing thing of launching you out and thrusting you in. It's funny because literally in the beginning of January, God, God spoke to me this word, coming out of isolation. And so I began writing a message in the beginning of January entitled Crazy. Coming Out of Isolation. It was, I think it was the first week of January. And I actually kind of, I put Can't it off. It's like, it wasn't for now. I know powerful. now that as we come out of this next season, I know it's a word that when we come out of isolation, there is going to be a revival yep. in the heart, a revival in some of the things that have become dull in our life. There We're going to be, be better as a result of it in Jesus' name. So if you're taking notes today on Resurrection Sunday, which I hope you are, to get out your notepad, get out your phone. Um, I'd love to give you something to take away today. And uh, my message title this morning is Quarantined for Revival. Quarantined for Revival. Wombs and Tombs. We're talking about wombs and tombs in this message this morning and how I believe, like I've been saying, that we are quarantined for revival, that this is what God is saying. I want to pray. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that you're going to do something that only you can do. I thank you that on Resurrection Sunday, God, the only time that probably this has ever happened in history was 2,000 years ago on this day when the disciples were fearing for their lives, not sure what was gonna happen, went back to their old ways, went back to their old lifestyles. Their master, Jesus, was dead, hadn't resurrected yet. They didn't know what was going on. They were hopeless. They were scared. They literally were in a state of quarantine. It's probably the only other time where people were in this state of quarantine 2,000 years ago, and here we are today. 
There's never been a time in history. God, and I know that it's a, it's a, it's a moment that you, are, you have set up, God, to give us something great. And I pray in this season, God, that you would mark this season with great revival, a great revived heart, a new energy for life, God, that something great would come out of this season. We are quarantined for revival. And I pray, God, whether we're in the womb of preparation and revelation or the tomb of death and resurrection, that, God, you would literally give us what we need in this season to overcome and come out of it even stronger. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just a comment on the prayer. It's powerful. We a little bit of a plug here for these masks. You can see they're KC masks, and the hashtag is quarantined for revival, inspired by this message. And if you want to get one of these, they're awesome, super stretchy. Uh, all the details are on the screen, but look, they look pretty cool. You could talk through them. I could even probably speak through them. That's how awesome they are. But quarantined for revival. If you want to rep some KC masks, the details are on the screen. But I want to comment on something that I prayed and said during that time. And that was, um, you know, in Acts, one of the only times that we see, I mean, I'm sure throughout history there was more times, but written in Scripture, especially in the book of Acts, you know, Jesus actually gave us a command before he left earth, said to the disciples, said, listen, I'm going to go, but I need you guys to wait and pray for the Holy Spirit to come. And when he comes, he's going to baptize you. And when he comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. When he comes, he's going to change the game. He's going to baptize you with power to be my witnesses. You can read it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. They literally quarantined themselves for over 10 days in prayer in the upper room while they were waiting for the Holy Spirit's power to be poured out. I just think it's, such, it's, it's amazing. Now, now, we've been kind of in this state of quarantine now for six months. Um, most places, especially if you live in Ontario, we feel like we're still living in a place of quarantine. I just feel like if there was ever a time where we could be and should be revived in spiritual areas of our life, it's now. Don't get out of this season or exit this season without grabbing a hold of what God wants to do in the area of reviving areas of your life. Could be your prayer life, it could be your marriage, it could be your relational life, it could be reviving passion for your career or things that you've previously committed to that you now feel dull in. Whatever the area is, let God do his work to revive you in this season where you feel like almost like you have no choice but to quarantine and, and be in a state or a space of isolation. And so I hope that encourages you. Let's continue on with the message. Amen. I just believe I almost called this message the, the, the womb and tomb of quarantine because I believe that there are two categories of people. And you're either living, you're living, you're, you're living one of two different things. Either you're in the womb of, of, of preparation and revelation, or you are in the tomb of death and resurrection. I'm going to break this down today. Yeah. I'm going to break this down using two different stories about the womb, the womb of preparation and revelation and the tomb of death and resurrection. So track with me here. But I believe that, that we are in one of these two, one of these two different categories. Yep. Number one, 
Number one is preparation and revelation. I want to break this down. There's a story found in Luke chapter one. It's actually, there's like 40 verses. I'm not going to read them to you, but it's Luke chapter one, verse five to 45. And I'm going to just read pieces of it. But basically it's the story where the angel Gabriel, now the angel Gabriel Okay, he was a messenger angel. He was an angel that would show up in seasons of great transition. And I just believe that this is a season of great transition. And I also believe Hebrews 1.14 says that the, the angels are ministering spirits sent to those who are heirs of salvation. So there are angels that are assigned to us to yep. assist us and strengthen us in seasons. When Jesus was struggling in Matthew 4 in the garden or in the wilderness for 40 days, at the end of that journey, an angel came and strengthen him. When Jesus was struggling in the Garden of Gethsemane, wanting to give up, an angel of glory, it says, came and strengthened him. Angels come to give strength, but also angels come to announce great transitions. And here Gabriel... The Bible says that he's one who sits in the presence of God comes. And while Zachariah, Zachariah is married to Elizabeth, the cousin, okay? And this is, and this is why John the Baptist is cousins with Jesus, okay? There's a relation, they're, they're relatives, okay? So Zachariah and Elizabeth are married. And uh, they're old in age. They don't think they're going to have kids. Zechariah is serving in the temple, doing his priestly duties one day. He's old. They haven't had kids. They're believing for kids. And an angel comes to Zechariah in the temple and says, you're going to have a kid. It's going to be great. This kid is going to prepare the way for the Lord. He's going to pre- He's going to represent preparation. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. I know they're, they're going to be related, but he's going to prepare. There's a connection. There's a connection. And the angel announces that, that this this uh, that this boy John, you're gonna name him John, is gonna do great things. And John, actually, the word the name John means the grace of God. That God is gracious, represents grace. Grace always paves the way for truth. Grace Ooh. paves the yeah. way for us to be able to live out the life that we are called to live. And so it says this in chapter one, verse fifteen of chapter of Luke. For he will be great. Speaking of John, this is the angel, Gabriel, speaking to Zechariah. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. So while he's in the womb, he'll be filled. He'll leap. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Verse 16. And he will turn many Israelites to their God. While he's in the womb. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He'll prepare the way. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now, this is huge because one of the main mandates, you see it written in here, is yes, Jesus will prepare the way, but he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Interesting, that's exactly what Jesus' death and resurrection did. It, was, it literally was a sign that the, the father's heart was turned towards their children. The fact that the law had done its thing, that no more were sacrifices gonna work, sacrificing animals, the blood sacrifices, it wasn't gonna work, that Jesus who John said was the Lamb of God, would be the last lamb that would ever be sacrificed to literally break yeah. the wall of isolation between us and our Creator. That John would prepare the way to set up Jesus to introduce a whole new covenant. 
So, and so this is the thing. And in that we see, I mean, we read it in first Corinthians where it talks about how, we, you know, we have a, a new ministry now. It's the ministry of reconciliation that when we let Jesus into our life, we've been reconciled back to God as a father, that where, where Jesus is a reflection of the heart of the father turned turn towards his children and the children's heart turned towards the father. And if you heard my chat this week with Teofilo Hayashi on Instagram live, um, which I, by the way, I'd encourage you to join us on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. for uh, our Instagram lives. It's a great way to interact. But if you heard my chat with Teofilo Hayashi, he talked about one of the things that he feels like God is doing in this season is just that. And he referenced the chapter in Malachi where it talks about the hearts of the children turning to the, the father and the father to the children. And that in this season of isolation, I mean, we have no choice but to deal with our junk when it comes to our parents, or, or, you know, our fathers to their children. Like, we have, we have an opportunity as families to work through our heart stuff in this season, which is always hard stuff. Everything that's in the heart is usually hard. Heart stuff is hard stuff, and hard stuff is heart stuff. And so that's one of the things that God is doing in this season. It's about family, restoring family, restoring forgiveness and, and releasing our parents and parents releasing their kids and, and reconciliation happening in this season. You watch, families are going to come out of this stronger. Yes, I know there's some families that are, it's like going down even a worse path, but I believe yeah. that even in the worst of situations that God is still a redeeming God and God can do yep. the impossible. And maybe you're one of those families that's struggling right now. My prayer for you is that there would be a restoration and a reconciliation in this season of isolation in Jesus' name. And so we see John John represents preparation. John represents preparation. He's going to be, you know, in the womb of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, as the mother of John, is carrying preparation, carrying preparation. And then it says in verse 18 to 20, you can read it. It says that Zachariah said, how can I be sure to the, to the angel Gabriel? How can I be sure this is going to happen? How can I be sure that this is actually going to be? And uh, the angel actually kind of got a little upset. He said, because you didn't believe you're not going to be. You're, gonna, you're not going to talk until your baby is born. You're not. You're, not, you're going to be on mute until your baby is born. And I just believe that this is a season where we have no choice but to believe the word of the Lord. Like and that, you know, sometimes in life, because we have not believed, it's like life goes on mute. Life gets silent, and God's like waiting. Hey, you didn't believe the last thing I told you. The reason why there's silence, the reason why you're not connecting, the reason why you're wow. wondering and looking for the next word, the next insight, the next you know, step of wisdom. And, and you're, the, the reason why you're not getting it is because you didn't believe in the last step I gave you. You didn't believe in the last word that I gave you. I wow. believe God is speaking and God has spoken. And it's this type of a season where I believe God is highlighting all the things I've spoken to you in the past season, it's time to lean into them. It's time wow. to press into them. It's time to position ourselves in areas of our life where we're frustrated and say, God, what have you spoken that maybe I've not applied in this season? What have you said that I've not applied? I've been, you know, working in my own effort, trying to, trying, try, trying to get wow. more confirmation for the things that you've already spoken and confirmed to me. This is a season where you're leaning in and just doing the things that God has already spoken to you. Now, let me just comment on that. I feel like what I just said gives absolute credibility to the very series that we're in about let's going back, let's go back a bit. I think a lot of us um, in church culture, we always want something new. You know, 
It's like even when on a Sunday morning when we're when we were live, I mean, I'm always bringing something new, something fresh. And I think that God's trying to get us atten- our attention in this season that it's not always about the new, the new latest greatest thing, the new latest greatest movement, the new latest greatest revival or church or business or whatever the case may be, latest greatest technology. Sometimes we have to go back and say, okay, what did we do with the last thing that we got? Did we give up early? Did we move on too prematurely? Um, What can we do to take what God has done or what has happened and actually uh, grab a hold of it and see that thing advance or build from that vantage point or that starting point or that foundation? And so I think everything I'm saying is absolutely true when it comes to the very thing that we're doing right now as a church uh, from Sunday to Sunday, going back and hearing, God, what have you said? And uh, I think we have to have a respect for that. I have to have an honor for the things that God has said. I think we live in a drive-through culture. We want things quick. We want things now. We want things, um, you know, yesterday. It's got to be quick. It's got to be fast, convenient. But sometimes the most inconvenient things, digging through some things from the past, going back a little bit, it might feel inconvenient, but might be the very thing that we need to know or hear again to position us for the future. And I said it last week, or I think it was two weeks ago, I said, sometimes what God is saying now is what God has already said in a previous time. And once again, that's why we're talking about this. And just to kind of reiterate, you know, John, uh, John the Baptist being born of Elizabeth represents preparation. He was the one that was prophesied about that he would prepare a way for the coming of the Lord, the coming of Jesus. That yes, he was the relative of Jesus, but he was a man who would prepare the way, who would make a way as an on-ramp for Jesus to come in. I mean, and we know this, it was John himself who baptized Jesus and uh, kind of opened the door, so to speak, and and paved the way for Jesus, the Lamb of God, to come. I mean, he announced him. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You can read it in the beginning of John. But, uh, you know, John, here he is, filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb, in the womb. And I believe there are many of you out there right now where you feel like you're incubated and and you, you don't necessarily want to believe that that incubation or that womb type season of preparation is what's happening. You want to get out of this season. You want to get out of the womb prematurely. Well, what happens when a baby leaves the womb prematurely isn't always good. It doesn't always work out. And so we want to stay in this womb as long as we need to, to to prepare whatever it is that we need to, believing that God has positioned us in this season for some sort of revival in our own life. And so maybe you're that's you. You're in a season of preparation. Lean into it. Lean into it. What is God doing in you? What is God doing around you? Maybe God's giving you new dreams, new vision, new hope again in areas of your life that maybe you didn't have time for in the past, season, but now you do. Maybe it's overwhelming to you. You want to escape. Lean in. Don't be like Zachariah. Don't don't suffer the consequence, so to speak, of not believing that this is a season where God is preparing you. Lean in and watch what God wants to do. Let's continue on.
And then the, the next part of this, the next wound we're talking about is found in Luke chapter one, just a few verses later in verse 35. This is the next wound. The same angel visits Mary, okay? The same angel visits Mary now. We have Elizabeth, the now we have Jesus, Mary. It says this, when the angel comes, actually the angel comes and says, basically saying to Mary, hey, you, you're favored. Like God's eyes are on you, Mary. And this is what the angel says. The Holy Spirit in verse 35 will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. This is the revelation. So you have two wombs, one womb of preparation and one womb of revelation. And maybe that's you. Maybe right now in this season, you are in the womb. So we have a womb of preparation, which we kind of connected to Elizabeth and John, John being the one who prepares the way of the Lord, okay? And now we, uh, now I'm, I'm drawing another sort of illustrative uh, picture for us of Mary representing the womb of revelation, okay? Jesus was the revelation. He was, he was the game changer. He was the Messiah. So we have two wombs representing the preparation and the revelation. Yes, they go together. I believe that revelation comes while we're in the preparation. Maybe you're in a season where you know that God's preparing you for something. And in this something, all of a sudden now you're seeing uh, your whole life differently. Well, you're getting a revelation now. The word revelation simply means having your eyes opened to an area that you never had them open to before. All of a sudden you see clearly. I don't know about you, but I know for me, there's been lots of preparation in this season but there's also been lots of revelation, what it is that God is saying and doing. Even right now as we're talking, I mean, and going back a little bit, hopefully this is an eye-opening eye-opening revelation that we can't just let prophetic words fly by. We have to go back, follow up. We have to be accountable to them, believe and expect, and then we have to position ourselves to see these things come to pass or at least position ourselves to, to see the beginnings of these things and, and to keep um, moving forward and not moving backwards in a negative sense, but to move forward, believing that God is going to fulfill everything that he said he would. And so Jesus is the revelation. This is what we're talking about right now. The womb, this quarantine season is like the womb of preparation and revelation. You cannot have one without the other. But often what happens in the they season of preparation before you have a revelation, which means an, a, an unveiling of what God actually is doing in your life, yeah. Before you have that, often you have doubt, you have unbelief, you're wrestling through fear, you're wrestling through unknowns, just like Zechariah did, the, you know, John the Baptist's dad. You know, he, he wrestled with, how do I know this is going to happen? How do I know? But Jesus represents the revelation, and they're connected. And if you read right after, if you read right after, they continue reading actually all along all the way till past verse 45, you'll see that six months into Elizabeth's journey of being pregnant she of course she got pregnant uh like right away and she went into a six month uh she, she was six months pregnant and mary comes along after this encounter after she has the encounter with the angel gabriel as well gabriel says you're gonna have a baby you'll be with child he'll be called the son of god mary visits in judea comes and visits her relative elizabeth and the moment they come into contact with each other the moment they come into contact with each other the baby within Elizabeth leaps within her and all of a sudden she's filled with the Holy Spirit and she's like, wow, like what's going on? Like there's something so precious, something so amazing. Right away she knew, right away she knew that both wow. babies were connected in destiny.
Interesting that, you know, when preparation, John, meets revelation, Jesus, something explosive happens. I think this is so profound for our own lives. When when you start with preparation, you start to prepare a space, prepare a container for God to do what he said he wants to do. As soon as in that space and in that container, we get the revelation of exactly what it is that he wants to do in and through our lives down the road, or we all of a sudden see clear in a way that we've never seen clear before. As soon as preparation meets revelation, something profound and transformational happens. This is what happened when Elizabeth came into contact while she was carrying John in the womb, came into contact with Mary who was carrying Jesus in the womb. All of a sudden, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like she knew. And all of a sudden now she had a revelation, not just preparation, she had a revelation. And so when preparation meets revelation, powerful things begin to happen. Both babies, because in the season of the womb, wow. the things that take place are preparation and revelation. And when they connect, when you get the revelation while you're in a season of preparation, this is so good. You're gonna come out of isolation strong. You're gonna come out of isolation. That's a new word life for us. represents new life. And come some out of stronger. you, you're, this is a season where you're being like incubated. You're being prepared, and God is speaking to you, and God is revealing to you, and God is filling you and overwhelming you with His reminders of his goodness and his kindness and it's funny because in verse 45 in verse 45 elizabeth says this statement it wasn't the same reality for zachariah zachariah was confronted with his unbelief but mary she believed she believed and this is what it says in verse 45 elizabeth says to mary you are blessed because you believed that the lord would do what he said i believe that as you are in this season that you're going to see the blessing of god come on you now, let me just say this, because I said this, if you listen to my message called Revive the Hope, I leaned into Romans 5, talked about how when we um, endure, and I, I, you know, in, in context to enduring through hard times, trials, problems that we face, that connect maybe to, or probably, to all the things that God has promised us within the calling over our lives. When we connect that to all the problems, trials, and tests that we face, and we endure, we remain under the pressure. It talks about how then we develop character. And when ca character is developed, then we develop a confident hope within our salvation. And I talked about how hope really is an overflow of standing under the pressure and not quitting when it gets hard so that character can be developed. And as character is developed, our hope is renewed over and over again. Now, I, you know, you heard me just kind of mention the 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 the, the sort of the um, the the difference between what happened to Zechariah to what happens what happened to Mary. You know, because Mary believed, she was blessed. But Zechariah didn't believe the word of the Lord, and as a result, he was mute for the duration of the pregnancy until you know John was born. He was mute. I mean. And I'm not wishing that on anybody. And uh, I, I believe this story really speaks to us a great truth in our lives that there's something that happens when we believe the word of the Lord. It's so easy to forget and, and look at our external situation and say, well, it's impossible. Look at all the contradiction and say, it's impossible. And we stop believing what God said because things aren't going our way anymore. 
And the blessing really, is, is it lives or it comes in that space of when everything around us is shaking, when everything around us is screaming, no, it's impossible. When everything around us feels like a contradiction to the thing that we know we're called to be living, when everything else around us says it's impossible and we continue to stand under the pressure, continue to endure, like Romans 5, endure so that our character can be developed. When we stand in that space, I believe hope actually turns into faith and faith turns into blessing. And God looked at Mary and said, you're blessed because you believe through the angel. You're blessed because you believe. You're blessed because you stood under the impossibility. You endured under this wrestle between, is it possible? Is it not possible? I'm not gonna let my external situation scream louder than the voice of God in my life. And as a result, I believe something happened within her that allowed her to have hope and faith in the very words of the angel Gabriel. But for Zachariah, it wasn't that way. And I wanna be like Mary, in this season, I wanna lean in. I wanna lean in to what God has said, endure through it so that I can get stronger, so that I can find the blessing that comes in this season because I chose to believe and not let my doubts overwhelm me to a place of unbelief. And so let's continue on. In a real way, in a powerful way. And I believe God is saying over you in this season that there's going to be a blessing that comes because you've believed, because you've leaned in to the preparation kind of process. You've leaned into the revelation that I've given you, the insight that I've given you for the season. That you're, you know, it's all about family. It's all about your marriage. It's all about preparing the next career move. It's all about you know a season of prayer for you. It's all about getting into the Word. Whatever God has already shown you or is going to show you, once you get a hold of that and you lean into it, I believe there's a blessing that falls because of it. There's something that happens when we lean into the promises of God that we are already blessed. Ephesians says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But when we lean into that reality and renew our minds to actually think it and believe it, we will go through the preparation process and we will get the revelation that he wants to give us. So good. In this in this great season, you are blessed because you believed. You're blessed because you believed. I, I just believe it's a season of visitation. I I you know I, I said this earlier about how there was no coincidence that in a season where we were going into on April 12th, gonna launch this new series called Revive 2020 for three months, that we might be even in a quarantine state total for up to three months. I mean, I have no idea how it's going to, how it's going to go down. I just know for me and my household, I just see this word manifesting in my family. I mean, I feel like there is a crazy uh, spirit, a presence of God that's resting and hovering over my home in this season. I mean, my kids are getting it. I mean, it's crazy. Like every day we are feeling and experiencing the presence of God together, dreams and encounters and just moments where God's presence is is realized and and I know that it's a season of family. I know it's a season of restoring and reviving the family and and God visiting the family. God visit. I know Bob Jones had a word about this 2020 season in the decade of 2020 that it would be a decade of revival of family. You know, and and it's not no coincidence that before God breaks out around the world that God is focusing on the home. He's focusing on the family. He's focusing on the inner life of the individual, the personal life of the individual 
individual. It's no coincidence, you guys. It's a godsidence that God is doing what he's doing and allowing us to go through this process. Now, here's the thing. I remember... I remember back in 2004, it was around 2004, or maybe it was 2005, somewhere in that window, it was about 16 years ago, I was in my bedroom praying, and I, I fell into a trance. You know, Acts 10, chapter 10, 10, verse 10, you can read it. Peter on the house shot, he falls into a trance. A trance is like a dreamlike state but you're actually awake, you fall into. A trance is a state of being that you fall into to have an experience. And I fell into a trance in my bedroom as I was praying, and all of a sudden my bedroom filled up with like smoke, a cloud of smoke. It was a cloud of smoke, wild. and I remember it filled up my entire bedroom, and I saw it filling up my bedroom. And then all of a sudden I saw it shifting, and I saw it going underneath the door, the, the, the little space beneath the door, between the carpet and the door. And I saw the, the, the smoke, literally the cloud, going underneath the door into the hallway and into the home and out. And God spoke to me very clearly in this experience and said, Sean, this is how revival begins. It begins in the home. It begins in your personal life. If you want to see people touched and revived yeah. and set free and resurrected into new life, it's got to start in the home. The private victories of your life pave the way for the public platforms you were called to influence from. What an amazing reminder to us. We are literally forced into a place in some areas of this world still where we're on this lockdown type of, you know, quarantine. I say it over and over again. The whole message title is Quarantine for Revival. We're forced to deal with our stuff in this season. But the reality of it is it has to start, like I've said just now, it has to start. Revival has to start in the home in the privacy of our home life. It has to begin there, in our families, in our relationships. Um, maybe you're a bachelor or you're a bachelorette, whatever the case may be. Like, it's gotta start in you when no one's looking, when no one's looking, when no one's around. What is your life like? That private place of sacrifice uh, paves the way for your public victories on the platforms of your life. And so seize a hold of this season and take it to the next level by letting God do what he wants to do during this uh, uh, isolation or what feels like isolation for many of you out there. And I believe that this is what's being highlighted in this season. And my prayer is that the, the glory, the, the presence of God would so hit your home in a real way in this season, your families, your marriages, your personal life. If you're single out there, that this would be a season where your roots go even deeper in your relationship with God and that you would have an experience that when you come out of quarantine, when you come out of isolation, not only are you revived, but everything you touched after Will, be, will get revived. Everything you touch will get energized. Everything you touch will be, will, will experience the joy that now you have. Like I said in uh, Psalms 85, that you would revive us again, uh, again, oh God. Give us a fresh start that we may toist, that, that your pe people may taste, toist, people may taste the, the goodness the and the word. joy of God. This is what's happening in this season. That's my prayer for you, is that you would get a revelation in the womb of this season, yeah. in the quarantine of this season, a revelation of the preparation that God is doing in and through your life the and the revelation of, of his goodness and his kindness and his awesomeness of his miraculous creative power that in this season you would have a personal 
revival. That is my prayer for you and that we would call out, you know, there's a story in Luke chapter 17 of 10 lepers who were in isolation. They were considered the unclean lepers of society. They, they kind of were in a similar situation. They lived, I mean, leper colonies. They There were colonies of lepers where they, they were the outcasts of society. They, they could ago. not connect with normal society because of the skin disease that they had. And, and, uh, and they, they still exist today, you guys, around the world, leper colonies. They still exist today because of the infectious disease and the, the, the ability to transmit it. And spread it. And uh, in this day, it was a normal thing. I mean, these COVID these people had a lot of issues. They were in. They lived in isolation. They lived in fear. They lived feeling unloved. They lived feeling uh, unembraced and not cared for. And it says in Luke chapter 17 that as Jesus was pressing towards Jerusalem, in verse 11, taking the road, taking a road that went along the border between Samaria which was undesirable territory, and Galilee on the outskirts of the border of town along this road. He was greeted from a distance by a group of 10 people who were under quarantine. Were under quarantine. It says under quarantine because of an ugly and disgusting skin disease known as coronavirus. No, known as leprosy. Lepers shouting across the distance, Jesus, they were shouting from the distance, Jesus, master, show mercy to us. Mercy is giving us, not giving us what we do deserve, and that's attention. We don't deserve attention. Not giving us rejection. Jesus, go now, present yourselves, this is what Jesus said to them. Go now, present yourselves to the priests for inspection of your disease. They went, before they reached the priest, their skin disease was healed, leaving no trace of the disease that scarred them and separated them from community. Here's the thing. The thing that broke them through, the thing that they, the reason why they got breakthrough is because they called out to Jesus. Come on. They approached Jesus in the midst of their isolation, in the midst of their quarantine state. They saw the best thing we can an do answer. They saw a solution. Continue and here's the thing, you guys, like it's every day. horrible and it's sad that in times like this, this is the time when people actually reach out to God for the first time. It's sad that in seasons like this, that on even resurrection Sundays like this, Sometimes is the only time people connect to church. It's amazing that it happens, but it's also sad that throughout the whole year, it's like they disconnect, but hey, I'm gonna come to church on Sunday. And maybe that's you watching right now. And if that is you, we welcome you. But my encouragement to you and my reminder to you is that God is the God of every day. He's not the God of Easter, not the God of Christmas. He's the God of the every day. Yeah. And he wants to be in your life. He wants to be in your everyday life life you know it was God the religion there was day. a religious sect called the sadducees there was the pharisees and the sadducees in the day of jesus the sadducees. sadducees they didn't believe that god was involved in everyday affairs and they also didn't believe in the resurrection they had a religious way of looking at god they didn't yep. believe that god was involved in the everyday and i just believe that god wants to break this religious mindset religion that, does you know we come to church twice a year and that's okay God wants to connect with you every day. Every day. He wants to be there for you every day. He wants you to open up your heart every day to him. He is the God, not just of crisis, but he is the God when things are going good. He's not just the God of the coronavirus when you're, you know, in the season of the coronavirus and all of a sudden, like, you're talking to him and you're reaching out to him. He wants to be the God when you're doing good and the God when you're doing bad in and through your life. And these 10 lepers, they called out to God. And it says that as they went, 
It's a good word. As they took a step, as they took a step listening to the voice of God, Jesus said, go present yourself to the priest. I believe that in this season, as you call out to God and as God speaks to you, the revelation while you're in preparation, as you take a step, God's going to restore you. God's going to heal you. Maybe God's saying to you right now, start that business. Maybe God's saying to you, reach out to your mom, forgive your mom, forgive your dad, you know, forgive your brother, whatever the case may be. Maybe God's speaking to you to, to focus on your marriage, to focus on your kids. Maybe God's speaking to you to, to finish that education that you started now you can do online during this time. Whatever the thing is that God is speaking to you, I don't know. But as you step out, like the 10 lepers did, on their way move. to the priest, it was a three-day journey. Part on of the their way, they were healed. Part of the and revelation. as you go on your way in this season of quarantine, in this season of listening to God, as you step out, I believe God's going to heal you. He's going to revive you. He's going to restore you. Think about it. Their healing The healing of these 10 lepers meant a revival in their life, a revival of hope, a revival of perspective, a revival of love. I'm actually loved. Like now I can rejoin. I can join society again. I've been disconnected on quarantine for for years, five years, 10 years. I've been on quarantine. Now I can rejoin rejoin society as a normal human being. Imagine what would have taken place in the mindset of those lepers in that time frame because of one miracle, of one miracle of restoration in and through their lives. And so maybe you find yourself in the season in the womb of preparation and revelation, or maybe you find yourself, number two, two. my next point, my last point, maybe you find yourself in the tomb of death and resurrection. I want you to ask yourself this season, what is dying? What is supposed to die and what is dying in your life? Maybe the trust that you've had and the, 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 the focus you've had so much and the love you've had for money in your life and all of a sudden, economically, everything's shaking and you realize, man, I actually loved money more than God. I actually put more emphasis on my money than I did on God. Or maybe it's, you know, you've sacrificed things in your life and now, you know, you're, you're realizing that your priorities were off and maybe there's things that are dying in your life so that you can focus on the mm, right things in your life. Maybe in this season, insecurity is going to die. Wow. Yeah. Maybe addiction is going to die. Pride's going to die. die. Fear, lack, doubt, unbelief. Yep. Regret. These are some things that Great I believe that I season. believe in quarantine, God is giving self-awareness onto us and is saying, I want those things to die. So when you come out of isolation, you're resurrected as a new person. No- Amen. This is so good. You know, so we have the womb of preparation and revelation. Because the, the subtitle of our whole message was wombs and tombs. So we have the wombs of preparation and revelation. Now we have the tombs, so to speak of death and resurrection. I think for a lot of us, we live on in, in all of that right now. We're swimming in all of that. We're being prepared. We're getting revelation. Um, and and it's for some of us, we're experiencing a death. There are things that are dying in us. Maybe certain things that we used to rely on um, in the old rhythm of life, pre-COVID. There were things that we did, things that we um, we're doing or locked into routines and rhythms that maybe were crippling us and we didn't realize it until we were out of it. And now we realize those things have to die. And there's a new, something new being resurrected on the inside of us in this season right now, as we're being prepared, as we're getting a revelation. And so I believe all four of these elements, preparation, revelation, death, and resurrection kind of connect to probably some area of our lives, all of these areas. 
And uh, we have to distinguish and really be able to acknowledge in this season, what are those things that God wants to die so parts of us can be uh, come to new life? It's like the, you know, when we give our lives to Jesus, you know, we get baptized. It's when we go under the water, it's, it's, it's a representation of what has died, the old version of us our old nature, and when we come out of the water, we're being resurrected just like Jesus came out of the tomb and was, 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 was resurrected. Now, just like that, we, were, we are raised with him, Romans says. We are raised with him, and Ephesians 1 says, raised with him uh, and, and seated with him in heavenly places. It's actually Ephesians 2. And so, you know, we, we, I believe there are so many areas of our life that I believe is supposed to die in this season, so let it. Let it die so a new version of you can come to life in this season. Let's continue on. No longer do those things have a grip on you. See, death had a grip on Jesus. When he was in the tomb before resurrection, death had a grip on Jesus. So but good. it wasn't the end. Death did not win. But for three days, it appeared like it was winning. For three days, he had to die. While he was in die. the tomb. He had to die. But it appeared like death was winning. To die... Why he was in isolation. To die meant your freedom. To die meant, you know, the wall of isolation between us and God breaking down. But without the resurrection, we'd have no ability to have faith. Our faith would be useless. First Corinthians chapter 15, you can read it. That we without a resurrection. a resurrection, it's not an allegory. Without a resurrection, our faith would be allegory. useless. Without Absolutely. the resurrection of the dead, Jesus would have been like every other guy who just died and stayed dead. But he didn't stay dead. He died, was sown on the ground for three days, and resurrected on the third day, which is what we're celebrating today. For me, I know, I'm thinking about this. In 2015, I had some things die, that died in my life five years ago. I had some things that not only I had to let go, but I had to let die for five years. And this year, 2020, this year is a year where some of those things are resurrecting again, but not they're not gonna look the same. You guys, listen, when things die... It's very interesting, actually, and just to kind of add this in, um, one of the things that God has been speaking to me, I didn't even know I said that then, but I believe that in this season, there are things from 2015, five years ago, promises, things that God spoke to you, things that God spoke to us five years ago, that I believe we're going to begin to see the beginning fruit of in the fall, coming in October just, just around the corner, and we're gonna begin to see it trickle in all the way into the new year, that things that God had spoken to us five years prior are gonna begin to show themselves as fruitful in the fall and coming into the new year. So expect it, you guys, believe it. And it's funny because I didn't even know I said that on this day, but it's a good reminder for me. And I lean into my own word that I feel like God has shown me and is showing signs of it, uh, I, I even reminding me today. And I wanna remind you today to believe God for what he has shown you even five years ago, because you're gonna begin to see some of the fruit of that coming into the fall in Jesus' name. When you die, when parts of you die, in seasons like this, when you come out on the other side, it means you will not look the same. God does not want things to die only to resurrect again the same. He wants yeah. things to die so that you resurrect a different person. Come on. And you're gonna come out of this season a new person, just like Jesus, the body of Jesus Better died, it was put in a tomb. But when he came back to life, People didn't even recognize him. He looked totally different. Mary, who was super That's close what to Jesus, to didn't even like. recognize Jesus. Just three days earlier, had witnessed the death 
of Jesus. And then three days later at the tomb and thinks he's the gardener. I mean, it just goes to show you that when a resurrection happens, you don't recognize yourself anymore. You don't recognize the people anymore the way that you did. You look different on the outside. And I believe you're going to come out of this season looking different in so many areas. Your finances will look different. Your marriages will look different. Your parenting will look different. Your prayer life will look different. Your business will look different. What you focus on will look different. Your priorities will look different. The rhythm of your life will look different. Your health will look different. There are mindsets that God wants to die in this season in quarantine so that he can resurrect you into a new person. I believe that with all... All my heart it says in Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, verse one, but very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They had found that the same or that the stone that had been rolled away had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. The men asked, these were angels, obviously, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. You're gonna say that to your, you're gonna say that about yourself in this season. Ooh. That when you come out of this season, you're gonna say, the old Sean isn't here. Wow. The old Susan is not here. The old Jamie's <laughs> not here. I received that The old that version again. of you is not here anymore. The old There's version a new of you version is not of you. there. And it's funny because not only did angels announce the greatest transition, the birth, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the birth of John, the one who prepared the way for the Messiah, but angels also announced to the women, it's all about the women. Announce to the women, about the women that he is not here. And I believe there's going to be an increase of, I believe, angelic activity in this season Ooh. over your life. Yeah. The assistance from heaven is coming to, to you to announce to you, you're going to look different in this season. That the old version That's of you is not going to be the version of you that comes out in the next season. There's something amazing happening in this season. He says this, he isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, reminding them. Remember, remember Jesus said that he had to go through this to change the world. He had to go through this. For you, maybe you look back and you remember, remember a word that God gave you five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, three months ago. Remember, and think about how possibly in this season right now that you're living, with all the problems, tests, and trials are, are a design directly connected to that word or promise that this season is designed to develop you and prepare you by giving you revelation that this season is all about an old version of you dying so the best version of you can come to life. But let me just say this, and I'm gonna say it probably in a second as I read the scripture here. The, 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 the Jesus that was crucified looked very different than the Jesus that was resurrected. And that's how it's supposed to be. You, the old version of you, does not look like the new version of you. That's why they could not find and recognize Jesus when he even showed up. I mean, how is that even possible? You know, you're going to see it in a second. Mary, who was so close to Jesus, you know, was talking to him like he's a gardener, talking to him like he's a stranger. And yet three days earlier, she watched him on the cross die. Why? It's a prophetic symbol for us, that the new version of you does not look like the old version of you. 
The old version of you was identified by the world standards. The new version of you has been re-identified by God's golden standard, okay? That's why you've been born again, okay? You've been re-identified. You have a new ID, okay? So let's continue on. To restore humanity to himself, remember all the conversations he had with you. Remember what he said to you back in Galilee? You're going to remember this message. Remember on April 12th, that message about quarantine revival and wombs and tombs and how we were, were either in one or the other. We're in the womb of preparation or revelation and God is <laughs> speaking to us. Or it's a season of the tomb for us. Yeah. And there's things dying so that a new part of us can resurrect. Remember what that message was. Revival. I believe you're going to be able to remember this message uh, three months from now, six months from now, however long we are in this state, when we come out of it, we're going to remember. I believe that in this season, that one of the things you're going to quote is Philippians 3, verse 13, where he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. There is a good future for you. There is a, there's a breakthrough on the other side of this quarantine yeah, for you. Come on. There's a breakthrough on the outside of this isolation. There is something is that God for wants right to now. speak to you while you're in it so that you can apprehend it on the other side of it. You know, in the end of this whole season, right before Jesus died, right before Jesus died, gave up his spirit, he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. What is he talking about? He's talking about all the work that you could never perform to do what you could never do, and that's the salvation of your soul. That is the ability to let him in and give him all of your life so you can be reconciled back to him, restored back to him. You know, they messed it up in the garden, way back in the Garden of Eden. They chose independence from God. And then Jesus made a decision in the Garden of Gethsemane to go to the cross and die a sinless death, to be crucified literally in between two criminals. And yet say to one criminal on his, on, on his one side that you're gonna be with me today in paradise, just because they chose to lean in. They chose to say, yes, it doesn't matter if you feel like the worst person out there. God's grace yep. levels the playing field. And God loves you unconditionally, no matter what you've done. And the whole message of this Easter weekend is about the death and resurrection of Jesus so that you can be set free, so that you can come to new life. The old you passes away, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The old you passes away and all things become new. The Bible says you are a new creation. When you let Jesus into your life, you are a new creation. You are a new person from the inside out. The old you is no longer the version of you that you lived with. The new version of you is God's version of yeah. you. God has stamped you with his approval. He stamped you as a conqueror. He stamped you as one who's going to win in 2020. You know, it says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Yet while we were still in our junk, while we were still disconnected from God, doing stupid stuff, God died for you. But not only did he die for you, he resurrected to give you new life to resurrect your life. And this is a season, I believe, where you're gonna have a revelation and a realization that God has amazing plans in and through your life. I want you to imagine, imagine what Jesus went through. Imagine what he went through to give you new life. And if you could get yourself into what he went through to give you new life, I believe it will open you up. 
I mean, this guy, he carried like a 110-pound a, a crossbar on his back while he was being, you know, mocked and, and beaten. Right before that, he was lacerated with 39 lashes on his back with uh, uh, a whip made out of leather with bone, pieces of bone and shards of glass inside the whip. And he would, like, literally, the whip would open up the, the skin and expose the organs. And then he was spit on. I mean, and yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he had to go through this process for you. And he walked all the way up to this place to be crucified where they put seven-inch nails in the most painful nerve called the median nerve in the wrist. And they nailed his feet to the cross and put a crown of thorns one to two inches thick. The, the thorns were one to two inches thick. And literally they, they hammered while they beat his face. They hammered the thorns into his, into his skull, creating obviously blood. And, and these thorns would have actually released a poison. And it's, it's a prophetic sign because his mind was poisoned to set your mind free from the poison of the world. His back was broken and whipped and lacerated and organs exposed so you could be healed. That's why it says the 39 stripes, the 39 lashes on his back were so you could be healed. And, and they, they, they literally, they, they put Isaiah. nails in his, his wrists. Stripes, we are healed. Some, you know, and the, and the, symbol, the symbolism there is the hands. And he literally got the nails in his hands so your hands would be purified, so your hands would be free. He literally he got the nails in his feet so that you can walk the walk that everything. you're called to walk. Everything he did was a substitute for you. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. Mm. That's, the, that's the beautiful thing about the, about the gospel is he took your sin the whole time he was going through all of this. All he could think of was you so and you alone. I have to go through this. I'm thinking of you, you that are watching today, 2,000 years ahead of time. He's thinking of you that if I don't do this, you so won't be able to be reconciled back to me. On the cross, they're mocking him. They're shouting at him, get down off the cross. And he's just there, not talking back to them, saying to God, God, forgive them for they do not know what they do. They have no idea what they're doing. He's bleeding. His shoulder's dislocated. His lungs are filling up with blood. His, his, uh, his body is in extreme shock at this point. I'm not making this stuff and up. Literally, this all happened. he just keeps pouring out forgiveness, pouring out forgiveness, pouring out forgiveness. And then the last thing they did to, to just mock him even more and, and finish the deal was they put a spear in his side, a spear in his side, and out of his side spilled out water and blood. And the thing is, he was pierced in his side. Why? Because I believe that he was, that you were called always to walk side by side with him. That's why the Bible says you are a co-heir. You're united as one, side by side, joined at the hip. The whole gospel message, everything that Jesus went through was a substitute to say, I'm not dying just for you. I am dying as you. So that when you accept me into your life, we become one. Yeah. I am in you and you are in me. We are united as one. You're a co-heir with Christ. This is the beautiful story of Easter weekend. But not only did it end there, he, they brought him into a tomb. And on the third day, he not only... He not only lived through death, he conquered death. He did. On the third day, he resurrected again to give us new life. And maybe you're in this living room right now watching. Maybe you're watching from your bedroom or you're going to hear this after. If you've so never good. 
let Jesus into your life. Right now. now is an opportunity. Now is an opportunity more than any other day yep. of the year to say, man, like if there was ever a moment, it'd be right now to let him in and say yes. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. There'll be inner transformation that will happen. All you have to do is reach out and say yes this morning and say, yes, I want you in my life. I'm saying yes to forgiveness. I'm forgiving others, but I'm also receiving your forgiveness today. And if that's you right now, wherever you are, I wanna pray for you. And if you would just say this with me, say, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I want you in my life today. On this Easter weekend, on Resurrection Sunday, I wanna resurrect into new life. I want to come out of this quarantine bigger, better, stronger. I want to know you in relationship. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to know you for real in real relationship in Jesus' name. If you said that, I want you to reach out. If you prayed that today, I want you to reach out to someone in our chat room. Email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca and we'll have some reasons. Well, if you said that and you said yes today, I want to encourage you just to, as I just said, reach out to somebody on the chat. Let us know. Send us an email at prayer at kingdomculture.ca. The best decision you will ever make in your life is to let him in. What a powerful, powerful message. I hope you could glean something from that today. Maybe you, you've realized for the first time, wow, truly you've been quarantined for revival and that you are in the womb uh, the womb of preparation and revelation, and you see that now. Or maybe you're in the tomb of death and resurrection, or you're in all of that, and all those things are happening in some way, in some shape or form, in and through your life. Embrace this season. Let God do what he wants to do in this season. God has an amazing plan as you come out of it. I believe it. We stand with you in this season, Kingdom Culture, and to all of our extended family, thank you for tuning in. We're believing that this will be the best season of your life in Jesus' name, God bless you, and we will see you next week.